Support for this podcast comes from Bryn Mawr Communications. BMC produces a number of informative podcast series spanning a variety of topics in optometry. Discover a new show at itube.net slash podcasts. Hi there, thanks for finding your way to this episode of The Mod Pod, your audio extension of Modern Optometry Magazine. We're coming to you just before Thanksgiving, so although the conference season may be shifting into hibernation mode, the holiday frenzy is on the upswing. Maybe you'll enjoy this episode while food shopping, or cleaning the house, or just getting ready for company and the holidays in general. Whatever you're doing, thanks for listening. This episode features two articles read by their authors. The first deals with contact lenses, second with treating chronic ocular conditions. Well, without further ado, let's hear from Jason Compton, owner of Compton Eye Associates in New York, about the importance of managing astigmatism in contact lens wearers. Astigmatism is more than just a common refractive error. It's a complex visual challenge that can significantly affect our patient's quality of life. Astigmatism can lead to substantial reductions in visual performance, affecting both clinical visual measures and functional visual tasks. It can result in blurred or distorted vision, eye strain, and headache. Moreover, uncorrected astigmatism in childhood can significantly influence visual development, leading to amblyopia. Understanding the profound effects of astigmatism sets the stage for appreciating the advancements in its correction. Although the condition itself is not new, the methods and technology used to manage astigmatism are continually evolving. From understanding the historic advancements in lens types to exploring the cutting-edge technology shaping the future, this will serve as a guide for eye care professionals committed to offering the highest standard of care. Astigmatism correction using contact lenses has been an evolutionary journey. In the early days, rigid lenses were the primary option. These lenses were effective, but often uncomfortable, resulting in low patient compliance. The introduction of soft lenses in the late 20th century marked a significant advancement. This modality offered a more comfortable fit while effectively correcting astigmatism, making it an instant hit among patients and practitioners alike. Today, a variety of lenses are available for astigmatism correction, each with its own unique set of advantages and limitations. One of the most common soft torque designs, prism ballast lenses, has a thicker area at the base, which helps keep the lens oriented correctly, preventing rotation and ensuring consistent vision. Some torque lenses are truncated, meaning a small portion of the bottom of the edge is cut off, creating a flat area that rests on the lower eyelid, helping stabilize the lens. Lenses with dynamic stabilization use the natural blink mechanism for repositioning. They have a thin profile and rely on interaction with the eyelid to maintain their orientation. The dual thin zone design, which features two thin zones on either side of the lens, allowing better movement and alignment with the eye's natural shape. Some toric lenses come with an aspheric back surface to better conform to the natural shape of the cornea, improving stability and comfort. Front toric gas permeable lenses have a toric front surface to correct residual fractive astigmatism. They are particularly useful when the cornea is relatively spherical, but there is still astigmatism due to the lens or other internal optics of the eye. The back 
toric design has a toric back surface that aligns closely with the shape of the cornea. This design is effective for correcting corneal astigmatism and offers a more customized fit. The bitoric option has both front and back toric surfaces, allowing a highly customized fit and correction for both corneal and refractive astigmatism. Some practitioners avoid correcting astigmatism, especially at lower levels, under the belief that the visual effect is minimal and it doesn't warrant the complexity and cost of specialized lenses. Although this concern is understandable, it overlooks the fact that even low-level astigmatism can compromise visual acuity and comfort, leading to patient dissatisfaction and noncompliance. One way to overcome this concern is through comprehensive education. By understanding the long-term benefits of astigmatism, such as improved visual acuity and reduced eye strain, practitioners and patients alike can better appreciate the value of management with specialized lenses. Aside from costs and complexities, the reluctance to collect astigmatism often stems from the overall challenges involved in its management. Fitting torque lenses, for example, requires expertise in lens orientation and stabilization, and proper fitting can result in lens rotation and visual inconsistencies. Similarly, gas permanent lenses offer excellent clarity, but may be less comfortable for patients initially, requiring a longer adaptation period. These challenges can be mitigated through specialized training in lens fitting and staying up to date on advanced lens technologies. Modern torque lenses come with stabilization designs that minimize rotation and new lens materials are making gas permeable lenses more comfortable than ever. Using advanced diagnostic tools can also aid in a more accurate fitting, reducing the likelihood of errors and improving overall compliance. The evolution of astigmatism correction is promising thanks to rapid advancements in two key areas contact lens manufacturing, and astigmatism diagnosis. Originally developed for use in high-powered telescopes to correct atmospheric distortions, wavefront technology has found its way to eye care, where it is used to measure and correct optical aberrations of the eye, including higher-order aberrations that traditional contact lenses can't correct. Manufacturers are now incorporating wavefront-guided designs into contact lenses offering unprecedented levels of visual clarity. The advent of three 3D printing technology has also opened up new avenues for contact lens customization, allowing the creation of lenses that are tailored to an individual's unique eye shape and refractive errors to provide a more precise fit and better correction. Corneal topography has evolved significantly over the years, and modern devices can now map the cornea with incredible precision. This allows a more accurate diagnosis of different astigmatism types and degrees, which in turn enables the creation of more effective and comfortable lenses for our patients. Additionally, wavefront sensing is revolutionizing the way astigmatism is detected. This technique is not just for manufacturing. By measuring how light waves are distorted as they pass through the eye, wavefront sensors can provide a more comprehensive view of the eye's optical system. This allows the diagnosis of not only astigmatism, but also other higher order aberrations that may affect patient's vision. As eye care professional, our role extends beyond just correcting vision to include enhancing the overall quality of life of our patients. With technology rapidly changing and advancing, it's vital to not only use current astigmatism corrective options, but also to stay updated on emerging innovations and those in the pipeline. By embracing these advances, we can redefine effective astigmatism care, providing treatments that are as corrective as they are as transformative for our patients' lives.
Dr. Compton provided a lot of great information and his message is pretty clear. If you put in the work up front, you see meaningful results later. Do you have any successful patient cases you'd like to share? Send them to K-R-O-M-A-N at bmctoday.com. We'd love to hear them. Now let's flip to another important topic, which we'll hear about from Selena McGee, co-chief medical editor of Modern Optometry and founder, chief optometrist, executive and visionary of Bespoke Vision in Edmond, Oklahoma. But before we do, we're going to take a quick break. Support for this podcast comes from Bryn Mawr Communications. BMC produces a number of informative podcast series spanning a variety of topics in optometry. Discover a new show at itube.net slash podcasts. All right, time to learn why we should be mindful of long-term exposure to preservatives when treating chronic ocular conditions. We all want our patients to achieve the best vision possible. And this begins by ensuring that their ocular surface is optimized. The tear film has the most refractive power in the visual system. An unstable tear film will result in poor, fluctuating, limited vision and can even skew surgical outcomes causing surprises by up to three diopters. Left unmanaged, an unstable tear film will lead to a loss of homeostasis, cause hyperosmolarity, where epithelial cells begin to die, and light scatter, causing decreased visual quality. An unstable tear film triggers the inflammatory cascade, and eventually neurosensory abnormalities can even present. Desiccating stress, such as air, cosmetic products with certain ingredients, poor diet, lack of water or dehydration, reduced blinks, and even some medications, including eye drops, is a common cause of tear film instability, and the ocular surface is exposed to a barrage of such stresses on a daily basis. From the moment our eyes open each morning and the day's events begin, so does desiccating stress, potentially overtaxing the ocular surface. Every day, we advise our patients to use prescription and over-the-counter eye drops. As a community, we educate patients in great depth about active ingredients, the mechanism of action, and the roles that different molecules play. Drug delivery is becoming more widely understood, but what about the inactive ingredients and preservatives in those drugs? Is the very medication you have prescribed to help your patient actually harming their ocular surface? Preservatives are generally beneficial and in many cases an absolute necessity in preventing microbial growth in water-based molecules that are delivered in a multi-dose bottle. The recent outbreak of Pseudomonas in multi-dose bottles that came into the United States without going through the FDA demonstrates this point. And unfortunately, several people lost their sight and even their lives in this particular scenario. However, we now have access to formulations available in both single-use vials and preservative-free multi-dose bottles that can spare the ocular surface. Such products contain non-water-based molecules where microbes cannot grow. Therefore, no preservatives are needed in these formulations. The most widely used preservative in topical ocular therapies 
is benzylconium chloride, also known as BAK, which has been around since 1940 and is found in nearly all classes of topical eye drops. Ocular symptoms that can present with long-term exposure to BAK-preserved agents include installation discomfort, burning, stinging, foreign body sensation, itching, installation site pain. Signs associated with BAK-preserved topical drugs include superficial punctate keratitis, conjunctival hyperemia, corneal staining, blepharitis, increased osmolarity, and reduced tear breakup time. BAK toxicity has been estimated to occur at concentrations as low as 0.005%, although in many eye drops, it's often found in concentrations up to 0.04% to 0.02%. Chronicity of an ocular disease is top of mind for me in considering when to recommend a preservative-free eye drop. Dry eye disease and glaucoma are two chronic conditions we treat often, and we know that patients with glaucoma can struggle with compliance when they also have concurrent dry eye disease. These patients will typically need treatment for the rest of their lives, and the administration of topical therapies multiple times a day exposes their ocular surface to desiccating stress compounded over time. Consider the cumulative effects of the treatments you're prescribing when reaching for a prescription or topical medication and ask yourself this question. Is the patient going to need therapy every day? Is the medication dosed once daily or multiple times a day? Is the patient going to remain compliant with their therapy if their eyes feel bad due to toxicity over time? We've widely accepted the newer thinking that patients should only use preservative-free formulations of lubricating drops around refractive and cataract surgery. Why have we not adopted this mindset in some aspects of eye care, but not in others? Especially given the fact that preservative-free prostaglandins have proven to be as effective as their preserved counterparts. Selective laser tubeculoplasty, an interventional glaucoma treatment, was demonstrated in the LIGHT study to be as effective at lowering IOP as first-line drop therapy. Heat compress and manual expression, interventional dry eye therapies, were proven to be superior in the Sahara trial at reducing signs and symptoms of dry eye disease compared with a leading prescription eye drop. Ocular surface-sparing therapies, such as Tirvaya, the iTier 100 neurostimulator, and intense pulse light are additional treatment options that do not involve application of a drop to the ocular surface. Dry eye is the number one reason why patients seek medical attention and the number one diagnosis for triage appointments. Doctors are becoming more intentional about screening for patients with dry eye disease during comprehensive eye exams. But this statistic should make us as a community sit up and take notice. We should be looking at alternative ways to manage the ocular surface and help reduce the burden that preservatives can have in disease management. As the adage goes, just because we've always done it this way doesn't mean we should keep doing it this way. Now that we know better, we can and should deliver better strategies that protect the ocular surface as best we can for the lifetime of our patients.
thoughts on Dr. McGee's considerations in restoring the ocular surface? Were any of them new to you? Will any of it change your processes? In the spirit of Thanksgiving, all of us at Modern Optometry would like to let you know that we're thankful to all of you for your readership, your contributions, and your input. Thank you also for listening to this podcast and for sharing it with your friends and colleagues. All of our content we create with you in mind, and we hope you benefit from it. As always, if you have a question, comment, or just general feedback, you can email me at kroman at bmctoday.com using the subject line ModPod. Until next month, be well. Thank you.